Look to the person next to you and say, stand firm. Stand firm. I was asking the Lord, this has been an unusual season for my life and for your life, and uh, we've been... um, How many of you are concerned about what is going on in the world right now? How many of you have felt the stress of the changes? How many of you have felt that you need to build a greater faith in the Lord during this time? Well, we are going to receive communion here shortly. Um, I, I was, as I was seeking the Lord on this, thinking about this, some old hymns popped in my head. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I cannot fall. Isn't that wonderful? Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy day, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Just as Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, so the Bible is written 100% by God and 100% by man. Tell somebody next to you, it's all true, it's all true, it's all true. The Bible is the clearest view of reality that there is. The Bible is language and logic about the invisible 
and the visible realms. Now I want to talk just so quickly here. A worldview is a comprehensive system of thought that answers these basic life questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What is right and wrong? Is there a God? And if so, what is he like? How can I distinguish from truth and error from reality and fantasy? So the whole of the Bible is a worldview. And it answers everything about us. Answers those questions. And when praying, when I sense the Lord deal with me about this idea of uh, standing firm, there was a certain verse that my heart went to. It was Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And it puts this amazing idea here. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Everybody say this part with me, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Say to stand firm. To stand firm. I was asking the Lord about this. I said, you know, good night. I, um, I was really built up in my heart about this idea. Stand, you know, but how, how far can you go in a message like that? And I was asking the Lord about it, and I went, walked, I was in this room, I went over to the other room, and I, I laid down on that little couch in there, and I just looked up and I said, Lord, how am I going to build faith and you people to stand firm? And this is what the Lord said. He whispered this to me. He says, I have taken on big projects before. God takes on big projects. He's taken on big projects before. There was a time when Moses had come back from being in the wilderness time with God. He confronted Pharaoh. There were plagues. Big deal. He gathers the Children of Israel, I think there's about two million of them at this time. And they, they end up coming to the Red Sea, and they're there. And the chariots of Pharaoh's soldiers are coming to annihilate them. This verse, Exodus 14, 13, and Moses said to the people, fear not. Everybody say, stand firm. Fear not, stand firm, stand firm. God says, I've taken on big projects before. I've dealt with nations before. I know how to deliver. When my people come before me and they do what I ask them to do, and they stand firm before me, he says, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. And there are things going on in the United States of America, and God is calling his church to come before him and to stand firm. And do not fear. 
for you will see the salvation of the Lord released like things that you have never seen before. It could get really violent and really weird and really crazy and come up, but you will see the Lord come forth like you've never seen Him before. He says, I've done big projects like this before. I've done big projects like this before. I know how to deal with a nation. I know how to deal with perverted people. I know how to deal with corrupt people. I know how to bring things into the light and deal with them. Just as I convicted you of my sin, of your, your sins, and caused you to come for him and plead and cry out and receive the blood of the Lamb and have him wash your sins. When those who resist, he says, a time, he says, it's time dealing with you now. And it said, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Now Christ, Christ is now the better Moses. And instead of lifting up a staff, he lifted up himself. And all who come to him cross from the place of bondage of death. They come through, as it were, a Red Sea. They come through the cross, and they come into life in Jesus Christ. God says, I am the one that delivered back then. I am your deliverer today. I've done big projects before. God judged the whole world already one time because of the wickedness. Remember Noah? God picked a man, perfect in his generations. He commanded him. Do you know it was 600 years old? That's a long time to build a big boat, isn't it? 600 years old. He commanded him to fill it up with the animals. And then just as God said, the rain started to fall, and it fell for 40 days and 40 nights. I was reading this, and I noticed... The waters prevailed upon the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. The mountains. Could you imagine Mount Everest being 22 and a half feet underwater? 15 cubits is 22 and a half feet. There was no mountain that was not under that much water. God says, I've done big projects before. I went ahead and cleansed the wickedness from the world. I chose this particular means. I had an ark built. I put the family in that I wanted. I started over. I know how to start over. I know how to clean house and start things over. And now Jesus, the Christ, is the better Noah. And you come, you come before he, him. He's the ark. And just like there was a storm poured out on wickedness, there was a storm poured out on Jesus on the cross. And all the sins that we've ever committed were poured out in a storm upon Jesus on the cross. And it was violent, and it was devastating, and it was the wrath of God, and he took it. And now every person who comes to Christ starts over. Your old world has passed away, and you get new life in Jesus Christ. We're going to be coming to communion in just a few minutes. This is not a long message. It's real simple. Real simple in this way that, first of all, the Lord is going to be doing something very radical and very powerful in our land. 
he's going to change some things. There are wicked and evil people stuff and he's called the church to pray are you a praying church every Thursday we come down here we pray in the spirit we pray the Lord moves on us he shows up he speaks to us he says things he causes us to understand his heart the Lord has made known to us over and over and over that what we're doing is very significant in his eyes there are, oh, by the way, I want to go ahead and say there's a, a, a new thing we'll be involved in starting probably by the 1st of September, asking for at least 31 churches to be involved and have people to pray. Literally, this is what will happen. If a church has 24 people that they can each one per hour, then that would be 31 churches. So over a 31-day period, every single hour there would be prayer. What that means is, we say, here's the specific things we're going to pray for the Fairmont area, for this region, and we're going to watch God do stuff. Because the church, see, right now there's a rallying cry all through the land by the Holy Spirit, causing people to come together in unity and pray. Causing people to worship in public. Causing people to, to magnify. You say, you can't mean church and to go out in the streets. Different, you know, especially California. 5,000 people on the beach worshiping Jesus. 200 people get saved. They're all getting baptized in the ocean. This is going on, folks. People rising up trying to use governmental power to crush in an antichrist spirit trying to crush the church. That's what's going on in some places. But the Lord whispered to my heart. And he says, look to me and stand firm because I've handled some big projects before. The first one I realized was that he created the heavens and the earth, and we weren't around. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light, and God created the heavens and the earth, and he made a place, as we saw in our video, it was beautiful, it was perfect, but it became ruined. And he's going to start over just in the same way that he started over with a flood with Noah. The Bible teaches us that he will start over with fire. Second Peter 3, 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in, let's see, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the, and hastening the coming of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt away as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heaven and new earth in which righteousness dwells. And really what this is all about is this. This is always the, the, this has been the dream. This is the dream. Why in the world did God create man? Well, let me go ahead and tell you. There was so much love in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Love. Just pure, pure perfect love. Fellowship 
So what happened is, God says, I'm going to make man in my image so that he and she can know my love. And we can have eternity together. I'm going to share out of the abundance of the love that I am. And I'm going to create someone. And I'm going to put them in a realm. I'm in this realm. And they're going to represent me in that realm. And then it went south. And the disconnect was so great that people now blame God for every bad thing. It is so far out. The devil has deceived so greatly. Some people roll their eyes when they say, oh, the devil. You want me to tell you where the devil is manifesting? They're not peaceful protests anymore. They're demonized protests. They're demonized protests. And guess what happens when demonized protests happen? Remember the guy? Remember the demoniac? He had been wrapped in chains. He couldn't be bound in chains. Jesus came to him. Remember that guy? What did he do? He cast that spirit out of him. I remember way back, I'm old enough to remember, that there were riots at Berkeley, California. There was unrest in the generation when, I, when our generation was younger. There was a lot of unrest. Guess what happened out of that unrest and out of that violence? The Jesus movement. Did anybody hear me? Out of the unrest that's happening right now, there are hearts that will never be satisfied no matter how much violence they produce. There's an emptiness that's being produced in the culture that only God, the God of love, can fill. Let's go ahead and praise him right now. Let's go ahead and praise him. He's coming, folks. He's coming. He's coming. He says, I'm going to come in my power. I'm going to come in my glory. I'm going to come in my love. I'm going to come in my salvation. I'm going to come in my healing. I'm going to come in my delivering power. And church as usual is over. Everybody say, kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God really is? It's the future coming to now. It's where Jesus' life comes into our life. Because when you're fully in the kingdom, you're in heaven in glory. He says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it come into us today. We do that by standing before him and worshiping, and he pours his love, and he pours his life, and he speaks to us. He encourages us. Uh, he heals us. Everybody who needs a healing, raise your hand right now. The Lord just flashed something in my heart. Just lift your hand to the Lord. Father God, I pray now, the healing manifestation in physical bodies, that you would come. The Lord feels it. He feels your need. And uh, just praise him right now for a healing grace to come into your physical body. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch in my body. Thank you, Lord, for the healing touch. The Lord just interrupted my message and said, I'm still healing right now. Let's go ahead and praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. There you come. Let that ointment come. Let that ointment come. The healing ointment of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are areas of our, there's healing coming into places, joints in Jesus, organs in Jesus' name. There's a touch coming in. Things are going to be resolved today. Things are going to be resolved today. Jesus, thank you. You're the healer. You're the healer. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. We thank you that kingdom come right now in our bodies as it is in heaven. You're not sick up there. You're healed and well. Let that penetrate our physical areas of our life right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is also 
saying in my spirit that, you know, we're, we're always, there's always places of the soul that have, that the Lord just highlights to us and says, hey, you were damaged here. Something happened and you were hurt here. And the Lord is the healer of the brokenhearted. He's the healer of those, those areas of the soul that are so in anguish. Sometimes people, to survive a terrible thing, they just swallow it, stuff it, and go on. And the Lord goes, that's not going to serve you well. It's going to create physical infirmity in your life. So I want to heal your heart. I want to heal your soul so you can walk in the, in the healing physically too. Let's just praise him some more. He's good. We're going to receive communion just in a minute here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for, for being our healer. And so Lord, when the Lord comes, he's going to restore. Listen, he's going to renew. This is the point. Well, I got to the start of the point a minute ago. This is the final thing here. This is the deal. The Lord says, I'm going to come. I'm going to take away, just as the same way that I've taken away the, I'm going to take away the old earth and the heavens. Can you believe that? The heavens, that's billions and billions and billions. Does he start over? This is just wild. The Lord says, I've done some big projects before. Now, isn't that an understatement of the whole world? The Lord says, I've done some big projects before. What's going on in your nation right now? Just call upon me. I've taken care of things like this before. I caused the Tower of Babel when they were in their highest rebellion and standing before me. I went ahead and confused their languages and started the nations of the world. I have done some big projects before. I remember Joshua being, when all, when all Jericho was shut up, and I had him walk around there six times marching, and on the seventh day they watched around seven, seven times and blue trumpets and the wall came. I've done some big stuff before. I've handled some big projects. Old Nebuchadnezzar, what a, what a, he, he, he lifted up in his own pride and said, and then he became like an animal and ate grass for seven years and then came to his senses and came back. The Lord says, I've dealt with some folks before. I've dealt with the wicked. I know how to do it. I can handle it. I've done some stuff. God is big. He's full of ideas. He knows how to do things that you and I can't even imagine how he would do it. And so he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And the whole point of all that is this, that that beautiful place that he planned for you and I to dwell with him forever. Everyone who puts their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, those are the people that live on with him forever and ever and ever and ever. And this world is nothing compared to the beauty of what he's going to release in our lives in his presence. So I have three verses to put up. Galatians 5.1. There's a stand firm verse. This is important. Read that with me. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That's a stand firm. Let's go back to the one we read. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Let's go ahead and... Um,
before we go to the next one, let's go ahead and pass out the, uh, the token of the, the bread there. And then we're going to, I have a verse we're going to read after we receive this. Thank you. So here's the deal. The Lord is calling us to stand firm. And in the word earlier, we didn't really record all of that, so I'll just rehearse it. We had a tongue and interpretation. Everybody remember? Keep your lamps filled with oil and keep your lamps trimmed. And keep an expectation in your heart for the coming of Jesus Christ. The bridegroom is coming for his bride. The bridegroom is coming for his bride. And we don't know when he's coming. But the world is in an upheaval. And as we look at this today, everybody serve. Let's just hold it up before the Lord. Let's just pause for a moment and worship. Let's worship. Let a spirit of gratitude just begin releasing out of your spirit before the Lord, let there come uh, a current of grace flowing up to you of appreciation. Just pour forth appreciation and thankfulness upon the Lord. Just thank Him for such great salvation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for all the many graces that He gives through His body. Thank Him for all that He has done. He substituted Himself in our place. And he's taken our sins upon himself and broken the power of those sins to rule our life. And we come to him today to be refreshed in that realization and be changed because of who he is in our life. Let's praise him some more. Just go ahead and praise him. Say words like, thank you, Lord. Bless you. Praise you, Jesus. You're worthy of all worship. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess your lordship. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For Jesus said... When he gathered his disciples before he went to the cross, he said, took the bread and he broke it and says, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. And what is he saying? He's saying, there's gonna come moments in your life where you need to think about who I am and what I have done for you. And it's gonna be so real to you that you'll put your teeth and you'll crack that cracker and something will change inside of your heart because you put faith in the body of Jesus. It's a divine exchange. He says, I'm going to give you life for everything that has worked death inside of you. I have an awareness just now, you kind of say breaking news from heaven. The Lord is going to actually deal with fearful thoughts right now. He's going to cause fearful thoughts that have built up in your mind over these last weeks and months. He's going to remove them. Would you let him do it? They have been robbing you of the peace of God. Jesus says, let me come and give you me in the place of my mind, in the place of these fearful thoughts. Would you praise him right now? Say, yes, Lord, I receive you like the Lord said, I'm going to take thoughts that have been demeaning, that have been 
constraining, have been entangling, have been uh, tying you up, have been causing you to, to lose a sense of peace. I want to take all that from you right now as you receive my body. And I'm prophesying in Jesus' name that you receive the mind of Christ in a greater way right now because Jesus doesn't have a worry in his mind. There's not one in there. The mind of Christ is a worry-free zone. Let's praise him for that. Come on. Say, Lord, I receive the mind of Christ right now. Let's go ahead and receive the bread. Let's go ahead and take it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and, as they bring us, something's good is happening. Let's just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason I opened up with a, what the, the, the worldview and the Bible and who you are and all that kind of stuff, that opening slide, I just wanted to, you to know that your worldview and my worldview begins and ends. It starts with Genesis and ends with Revelation. That what we are is found in the pages of that book. That God, there's some people that neo-orthodoxy say, language is too limiting to reveal God. And the, the, but that's not how God saw it. He says, God created language and I created logic and I'm giving you the realms of understanding from both the visible realm and the, the visible realm. And it's all there. And it's in the word and it's full of life. And it's the spirit of God will oh, show it to you and open it up to you. All you do is bring your heart before the Lord and he will straighten stuff out. Open that Bible. Declare that word in your home. Declare that word in your life. Hallelujah. Let's put up the last scripture that I have here. Romans 14, 10b and 11. It says, and this is not stand firm. This is why we stand firm. Everybody say, here's the reason we're going to stand firm. Because we're going to stand before. We're going to stand before. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. So we're standing firm today so we can stand before that on that day. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. We want that to be a great day. We're going to stand firm now so we can stand before him then and hear some words that we didn't hear down here. How many of you hear, well done? For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every tongue shall confess to God. This is why we're standing firm in these last days. This is why we're being renewed in the presence of God. This is why we want to pursue His heart. We want to know Him. You feel the presence of the Lord in this place? You sense the life of what I'm saying to you? Let's lift the cup. The cup represents the long-suffering of God. It represents his patience. It represents the fact that you and I have lived as fragile, faulty beings who want so much to please him and don't have the ability to do it very often well. In that right? We're not all that good at being a pleasure without him helping us this is coming for help. The blood is the life that gives us the help to live the life that we can't live without his help. It's the mercy drops from the cross 
It's the grace of God that undergirds everything about us that's gone wrong. You and I, left alone, will run right off the rails. There is none righteous. No, not one. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. And he says, take this cup and drink in remembrance of me because there will come a moment when you realize you've messed up so much that even your brain is thinking wrong and you need some help. And the Lord says, I'm going to wash away the sin from your mind. Let me go ahead and tell you one other quick thing here. This is important. This is very important. There are, there are people that say, well, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Do you know they're, they're, they're saying the God that said God forgives me, the God that they're talking to isn't the Lord God Almighty who gave himself through Jesus Christ. It's some other God. Because when you come in contact with the God who shed his blood, you get it. And you don't hold it against yourself. You don't do that. So when you say, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself, you don't know God forgave you because you don't know him yet. You don't know him. Jesus Christ went to the cross with you on his mind to take the guilt out of your soul to take the pressure of sin out of your life, to take the demon teeth that have clutched onto you because of your failure and your willful negligence and all the things that make us wayward. He knows us well. Somebody say, I'm going to receive full forgiveness. Full forgiveness. Full forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Because if you don't receive it, you don't know how to give it. And you're walking around with this tit-for-tat attitude. But when you receive the full forgiveness of Jesus, you become a light-bearer of the gospel of Jesus. And you become a shining light in the darkness because you know you are forgiven by Jesus Christ's blood. And it's real to the very depths of your soul. And you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you belong to Him. Lift the cup. Let's praise him. Let's go ahead and say, thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you, Lord, for the life that I receive. Thank you, Lord, for blotting out all my sins. In the name of Jesus, let's receive it. Hallelujah. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Once again, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus it washes white as snow let's stand together Father God we give you praise today and it is our willful decision to not only stand firm but stand firm like those wise 
virgins with their lamps filled with oil, trimmed and looking with expectation for Jesus. Now, Lord, we thank you that you're coming to this nation in a supernatural way. We praise you in advance for it. We're looking to you to come in holy works of salvation and deliverance and healing in our land. Let's go ahead and praise him. Just praise him for me. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name, amen.